For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, If you listened to the podcast yesterday, we hope you did, because you won't have a clue what's going on today if you... You didn't. Uh, Molly Barnes is with me again. Hey again, Molly. Hey, John. Um, we're talking all this week about the movie Love, Simon, which is based off the book Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda. Um, and it deals with a teenager uh, coming out. And really what, what the story is, is uh, Simon's character is confiding online in a character who's just known as Blue. And uh, he confesses that he's gay as well as Blue and uh, they're confiding in each other. Uh, well, then this information uh, gets released to the school, um, and everybody finds out. And so he's outed uh, without even wanting to be outed. Uh, the character of Martin kind of blackmails him uh, by releasing these emails. Um, so anyway, that's the the basic premise of uh, you know how this gets out in the school. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty. I mean, you can see it in the previews if you uh, if you check it out. Um, yeah, I guess we should say there are probably yeah, spoilers in this. Um, yeah, too late. Uh, so today we're asking the question, why did we go see Love, Simon? Uh, we know that there are going to be some Christians out there that just are appalled uh, that we would even uh, go see this. Uh, others wouldn't even think twice about it. Um, but answering that question, why do we go see Love, Simon? And kind of starting off, I think Molly and I would both confess we kind of asked ourselves that same question as we, you know, there were uh, there was a group of five of us, five or six there, um, and just kind of asking that um, because you know, Love Simon is PG thirteen. Uh, there's profanity, there's sexual dialogue, which should be obvious as the entire story, you know, centers around someone's sexual orientation. So uh, there's going to be a lot of sexual dialogue, um, and and I will say I did read the book and it's much more graphic. Uh, from a sexual standpoint, uh, there are parts in the book that I just had to skip over. Um, and again, let's let's be reminded, you know, this book is aimed at teenagers, um, but it's still fairly sexually explicit. Um, so, yeah, we, we kind of asked ourselves that question. So, Molly, do you want to start off just kind of answering that question? Why would you go see this film, especially, you know, if it contains this kind of content? What are some thoughts? Sure. Well, my first reason was because... You, John, asked me if I wanted to go to the movies, and I knew that some of my other youth worker friends were going too, and it sounded like fun to go yeah, to the movies yeah. with your friends. Popcorn, Sour Patch Kids, <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so yeah, just I didn't. I mean, I thought about it, but I didn't really think about okay, I'm going to sit here for this movie that's almost two hours long until I was actually in the theater, um, and then you start kind of thinking about okay, like I need to be. Um, just constantly thinking and analyzing this film. Um, yeah, and that's, that is a good point that you're making because it is kind of, like you said, it's just it's the movie theater. It's a fun place to go, and you're going and seeing certain things. And it, it very similarly, um, you sit there, and then you realize, oh, wow, this is some pretty weighty content we're dealing mm-hmm. with here. Um, and even though it's kind of packaged as an entertaining, humorous movie at times, 
um, it's very weighty too. Um, so yeah, that's a good just kind of first impression to bring up. Yeah. Um, and then another reason, um, my good friend Walt Mueller, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've learned a lot from just his ministry. And if you check out cpyu.org, um, there's a plug for that. Um, you'll see just the ways that he has, um, he has a 3D media guide and like all of these different questions of just how we can think Christianly about movies, books, and music. And I know he said probably numerous times just how as youth workers and um, volunteers, we are missionaries to this group of people being teenagers. Um, so it's good for us to research um, the things that they're seeing and hearing um, and living in their schools as well. Um, so it helps us to understand them and to reach them as youth leaders, as parents, um, and to have conversations with them. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think to me, kind of the first thing that struck me, um, and this is, I guess, more just kind of big picture or whatever, is just uh, kind of in the first ten or fifteen minutes of the film, I just remember thinking, you know, having the thought, parents and youth workers need to come see this movie um, because at least from my perspective, this gives such an accurate picture of the world that teenagers are growing up in. Um, I mean, just walking down the school halls, uh, the you know social media that's used, uh, the conversations that are taking place, the, the struggles and the, the stress and the anxiety that teenagers are, are dealing with. Um, to me, it was just, again, in that first 10 or 15 minutes, I thought, you know, this would probably do a lot of parents good just to sit and think because uh, to quote Les Newsom, and I forget exactly how Les says this, but I, we've I think we've heard him in a few different contexts. Molly and I were talking about this, and we can't remember exactly where we heard them. But um, he, he says that parents have this certain kind of amnesia where they forget what it was like to be a teenager, um, and that a movie like this, I think, can actually help parents empathize a little bit more uh, with what their teens are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. And so it's it's a very um, you know, eye-opening uh, movie um, uh, for for sure. Because um, again, what, what one thing we we've talked about through social media and other things is just the fact that when, you know, when I was younger, we didn't have social media in high school, and so I was able to get away from my peer group. But with teenagers always carrying around smartphones in their pockets, they're they're never getting away from the pressures of being a teenager. Um, and this movie just, yeah, uh, helped remind me. Um, of that. Yeah, and with parent amnesia too, in a lot of ways it's the world has changed in being a teenager too, just as we're talking about cell phones being in the hallway. There's a really good scene of the principal just like walking around yeah. taking people's <laughs> phones as they're going to class, um, which I appreciated him taking mm-hmm. their phones. That's Absolutely. Good. Um but yeah, the hallways are just different, people looking down and that's totally normal for them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, there's just a lot of just kind of youth culture. Um, yeah, that, that I think it would, it would do parents good to see who have been more removed from it. I know some youth workers, um, keep up, you know, with that a little bit more, uh, but even, even those who do kind of keep up, uh, just, uh, um, again, relive walking down the school halls. It seemed like that kind of, that thought struck me several times as we, we watch, uh, as I watched the movie, um, Anything else you, you walked away with, Molly? Yeah, my other reason is pretty similar to what we've already been talking about, but just the importance of joining in the conversation, um, not burying our heads in the sand or ignoring 
what's going on in the culture. Um, I think it's also good for us to see a different perspective. Um, I live in Mississippi and I can, and I work in a church, you know, my, my circle can be very small in regards to um, what the world thinks about a lot of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's good just to, to see um, what Hollywood thinks about homosexuality, what they are promoting, what our students are seeing um, so that we can talk about it because it's, it's hard to talk about something you don't know anything about. Absolutely. Yeah. And so just if the culture thinks this message is so important, I think it's important for, you know, Christians to know, I mean, a lot of what you're saying, Molly, the narrative that's being communicated. Um, and then kind of also, I mean, just related to that, you know, are there any nuances to this narrative? Um, are there any ways in which, you know, <clears throat> the culture is kind of shifting the narrative a little bit that we just need to be aware of? Um, and, and really, I mean, in many ways, you know, the culture, those outside of the church, those outside of Christianity, they would most likely, not most likely, they would definitely laugh at the fact that we're having this conversation, uh, dismiss this, or, you know, just be infuriated um, that we're, 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 you know, opposing uh, this worldview. Um, because in, in many ways, I mean, the culture is already well beyond uh, this conversation. Uh, they've moved on, and and really, you know, at the recording of this podcast, uh, I was listening to the briefing by Al Mohler, and it's uh, the one that's posted on uh, March 29th. Uh, but the the opening story, <clears throat> and this is a story from New York Magazine, uh, by, I think Lauren Levy, uh, but it talks about a ten year old drag performer, and I think it says specifically in the article, um, this boy doesn't want to be known as a drag queen, but a drag performer. Um, but they label him, it says, uh, uh, why, yeah, why he's cooler than you. And just all of that to say, and, and some of what, what's in that story is how this uh, drag performer at 10 wants to be the first to open a club that's for other child drag queens, drag performers where no adults are allowed at all. It would just be a club for children, uh, where parents aren't, parents aren't allowed to, um, to be, be in this, in this club. And so, um, that's insane to me. Uh, but again, this is part of the culture. And, um, as they say in the article, he's cooler than you and they're praising him. And, uh, so again, uh, just one reason why we saw this movie, uh, because this culture is headed in a, uh, you know, uh, just discouraging direction oftentimes. And I think it is important for us to, to be aware and to, to see ways in which the culture is headed. Um, Molly, is there anything you want to add to that as we start drawing this to a close? Yeah, I just think that um, our teenagers are kind of on the front lines of all of these cultural things as well. And so we need to be in there with them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's so many changes all the time in youth culture. And, and oftentimes, as we've said on this podcast before, that, uh, you know, I, I feel like youth workers, you know, deal with issues that the senior pastor hasn't often dealt with Mm -hmm. uh, because oftentimes the change is occurring in youth culture. Um, So yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. Thanks Molly. See you tomorrow.